Tonight, Justin Trudeau could do something to tangibly help Ukraine, but he won't. It's Monday, March 7th, 2022, and this is the Ezra Levent Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. On Friday afternoon, all were welcome to attend Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's whiz-bang photo-op session at a Toronto Ukrainian Catholic church. Well, not everyone. You see, while the Justin Trudeau liberals can't stop talking about diversity and inclusion, there's precious little tolerance for, well, diversity of opinions, and there's pretty much zero tolerance for espousing critical views pertaining to this current federal government. Trudeau desperately wants to be seen as a strong man, but the truth is he's got very thin skin and an ego that's so easily bruised. How else do you explain the fact that F. Trudeau flags are apparently banned from being displayed upon Parliament Hill these days? Check out this video footage from Saturday. What? What's the problem? Are they saying that's they're say, they're that's saying banned that, now? They're saying that fuck Trudeau flags are not allowed on the hill. Ah, is it? That's a new law, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, go for it. You know, all things considered, it's we've had it worse than that. <laughs> So I guess they're uh, saying that um, that uh, this is a. They're saying this sign is not allowed anymore. Well, this must be personally from Justin. I. <laughs> well, so much for freedom of expression. In any event, we visited St. Demetrius the Great Martyr Ukrainian Catholic Church in West End, Toronto, back on Friday to see what the PM had to say and knock me down with a feather. We yet again discovered that the only media allowed inside a Trudeau presser were those journalists who are state-funded trained SEALs, you know, members of the CBC and CTV and the like. Justin knows full well that when it comes to media coverage, it's a prudent strategy to have the scribes dependent upon federal government funding. So it is the Canadian mainstream media these days is a real-life ministry of truth, an Orwellian journalistic version of the sinkhole, albeit sacred cow, that is S. SNC-Lavalin. Now, guarding the entrance was a pair of presumably undercover Mounties. I say presumably, folks, because the RCMP, well, these members of law enforcement don't tend to identify themselves, nor do they provide badge numbers these days. So let's just call this power couple, oh, I don't know, Mr. and Mrs. Dudley Do-Right. And the Do-Rights quickly informed us we were media non grata Check it out. It's for invited guests and media only. Right, we are media. Invited guests or media only. Yes, please, we, please get that out of my face. I, why are you afraid? 
No, I just, I don't feel comfortable with you having this this close to me. Really? I thought because your uh, fellow henchman roughed me up in December. Do you remember that? I was not there. So, we're media, so why can't we get it? It's by invitation only. Even the media, by invitation only? Yes. Okay. So, in other words, CTV, CBC, it's only state-funded media that can come in here. Is that correct? I don't know the answer to that. Sir, we don't choose who comes. We have a list. I go by the list, and we're following. You're just following orders, right? Doing my job. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to do my job, which is the report. And so why can CTV and CBC, there's their van right there. Why can they get in and we can't? I have no idea. It's only the state funded media? I can't answer that. Okay then. Yeah. So can you find out what the answer is then? First of all, media is already in and doors are now closed. There's a list. Unfortunately, you're not on the list and that's all I could tell you. Well, the event isn't scheduled for, was it five o'clock, I believe? And Justin Trudeau is always late, so what difference does it make if we go in? I'm not sure what you're not understanding, sir. Well, I'm not understanding because the event hasn't started. The Prime Minister's not here yet, correct? I can't speak to that. Okay. Well, if there's not a problem with us getting in, we're not interrupting anything, what, what's the issue then? The issue is you're not on the list and the doors are now closed. That's what the issue is. So it was that we were banished from going inside the church. And as we discovered just moments later, we were also banned from standing outside the church, too, under threat of being arrested for trespassing. Gee, so much for sanctuary. Check it out. We're at the. Yeah, who are you? I'm with the RCMP. Okay, what's your, your name and your badge number? Sir, can I ask you? Your name and your badge number. Are you going to be trespassing while you're here, sir? Your name and your badge number. You're obligated to give that to no. me. No. Oh, you're going to beat me up like you did in December? I wasn't around in December. Oh, no. You didn't. You, you know nothing. You saw nothing. Huh? You're refusing then to remove the sidewalk. What? what Sidewalk's down there. We're, yeah, we're media and we're covering the event. Sidewalk. Your name and your badge number. moving to the sidewalk. Your name and your badge fine. number. That's fine. I'll get Toronto Police for you. That's how they roll, folks. I'm on, I'm not even in the church. I'm on a driveway. And again, he doesn't give his name, his badge number. He could be Joe Blow. You know, I'm pinching myself, folks. Are we still living in Canada or are we in North Korea? Then again, I should consider myself lucky. Astute viewers of Rebel News might recall what happened to me at the hands of Trudeau's Royal Canadian Mounted Henchmen back in December. Namely, I was physically manhandled for the egregious crime of standing on a public sidewalk. Check it out. What are you doing? Get, get off me. Hey, I can... Hey, this is assault. Move. I'm on a side... What is this? I'm on a sidewalk. I am on a sidewalk. What is this? You cannot touch me. No rushing order. Hey. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I'm me. What is this? You can't. Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? Because otherwise you have no right. <laughs> 
You know, that's really Banana Republic stuff, folks. Of course, we don't grow bananas in Canada, so let's just call the Trudeau regime a maple syrup republic. Oh, by the way, that uncalled for assault occurred on December 9th. But check out this National Post story dated December 22nd. Turns out three members of Trudeau's personal staff and three members of his security detail had tested positive for COVID-19 that month. At least I now have a really, really good hunch who infected me thanks to an obvious lack of social distancing. But again, back to the Ukrainian church event, clearly there was no way we were going to get inside. But if misery loves company, we found fellow soulmates on the sidewalk staging a counter-protest, including, if you can believe it, some parishioners of this church. Check out this lady who was barred from her own place of worship for committing the cardinal sin of not being liberal enough? What brings you out here today? We're here to protest Justin Trudeau coming to our parish. Uh, he's been anti-Catholic. Um, he's pro-abortion. He's anti-life. He had um, and last a few summers ago, we had to have an attestation to sign if you wanted to get charitable money for summer programs. Um, and I think he's just using the church to come and do a photo op. And, and Ram, uh, I'm just curious, that's very interesting. Um, this is your parish. I grew you, up here. Okay, you, you attend church here. here regularly? Yep, I, did. I got married here. I went to school here. My children go to school, went to school here. They're now in high school. Why, why aren't you indoors? I wasn't invited. Oh, it's by invitation we only. Found out, I found out last minute from somebody else that this was going on. Then again, perhaps Team Trudeau and our father were doing us all a jolly good favor by keeping his deplorables locked out. After all, according to media reports, the focus of the prime minister's speech was on the ongoing slippage in democratic values these days. And such slippage, said Justin, is responsible for emboldening Russian President Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine. No, I'm not kidding. Check it out. And we've come to a moment that, quite frankly, we've seen coming over the past years. And we've talked about it in, in, in the news, not just about Ukraine, but about democracies around the world, that we see a bit of a slippage in our democracies. Countries turning towards slightly more authoritarian leaders. Countries allowing increasing misinformation and disinformation to be shared on social media, turning people against the values and the principles of democracies that are so strong. And that slippage over the years, unfortunately emboldened Putin. It made him think that he could get away with this, that he could get away with it in Ukraine. Right. Can you believe the sheer unmitigated gall of this man who rails against a slippage in democratic values?
Keep in mind, this is a PM who is hell-bent on censoring the internet once Bill C-11 is passed. And how perversely ironic is his concern for democracy, given that Trudeau was so gung-ho to enact the Emergencies Act against the peaceful protesters who made up the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa last month. Indeed, this is a PM who made the streets of our nation's capital resemble a police state, thanks to concrete roadblocks and steel fences and some 100 checkpoint Charlies asking law-abiding citizens for their papers, please check it out. If you have a res reservation on your phone for your hotel that is down here, then we can let you through. But if you don't, then we can't I'd have let you to get a, I would have to get Alexa to send it to me because it's booked under her name. And that okay. has to be in one of your names. Rented it for you. Is is there any reason for this? You know, we're not demonstrators, ma'am. We're, we're we're members of the media. Uh, I mean, if this was a CBC if you reporter, to come through for the media Oh, okay. So we're kind of like Australia now. Our colleague Avi Yamini always has to get a permit to per, uh, perform journalism down under. I can't comment. On no. That. I don't know. <laughs> Get, you just want to get your hotel. That's 100%, 100%, sir. Okay. You know, we can work around it somehow as far as if we see the reservation in your boss's name and then we talk to your boss and confirm that you are who you are and are staying there. You know, like it'll be a long process, but we can do it. Yeah. Yeah, that was OPP Officer Dyke reading me and cameraman Lincoln J. the Riot Act. And by the way, did you notice how she said that if we wanted to get past the checkpoint as journalists, we would need authorization from the Ottawa police. Well, we paid a visit to Ottawa police headquarters the very next day to get that special authorization press pass. Just one hitch, folks, to quote Romulan Senator Vrenak. It's a fake. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's no such thing as a special authorization press pass to be, to be obtained from the Ottawa Police Service. So was Officer Dyke merely misinformed or was she outright lying? We'll never know. But given that we were a zero security risk, i.e. a couple of independent journalists simply trying to get to our hotel situated a few hundred meters away, this security shakedown was completely unnecessary. Indeed, we could only ponder, were we in Ottawa in 2022 or East Berlin circa 1946? Sorry, but when it comes to slippage, Justin Trudeau pretty much resembles a German bobsled team going down a grease track. As I speak, our fearless leader is in England and will soon be en route to Latvia. Say, folks, in keeping with his disastrous India trip, do you think Justin took along his Mr. Dress-Up tickle trunk in order to, oh, I don't know, don a beefeater uniform or perhaps a Latvian folk costume? Or maybe Justin fancies himself as Canadian superhero Captain Canuck? After all, the ostensible policy reason for this current European vacation is to meet with leaders across the pond to address the Russian invasion of Ukraine. No doubt Vladimir Putin is paying some very close attention right now. Please, I scare easy.
But as they say down at the Kearney, uh, let's not kid the kidders here. Justin Trudeau is an international embarrassment who has zero influence on the world stage. We all know that. So why would this worldwide laughingstock make such a useless voyage to Europe in the first place, given he cannot save Ukraine, nor can he halt the Russian invaders? Well, it's the exact same reason, folks, why he showed up at that Ukrainian Catholic church last Friday. It's to curry favor with the Canadian-Ukrainian community. There are about 1.4 million persons of full or partial Ukrainian origin living in Canada. That's the largest population of Ukrainians in the world outside of Russia and Ukraine, of course. So it is that Justin Trudeau is not really concerned with the Russian army invading Ukraine today. Rather, he's really concerned about earning some political capital with the huge Ukrainian-Canadian demographic come the next federal election. Because if he wanted to do something tangible, it's actually in his power to do so. Which is to say, he could reinvent himself as pro-fossil fuels and pro-pipelines, thereby unleashing trillions of dollars of mineral wealth and thereby reducing the price of oil. For it is oil at U.S. $115 per barrel and climbing that is currently funding Mr. Putin's war machine. But the fact is, the ever-virtue-signaling Trudeau isn't really concerned with a real war, but rather with a fake conflict, namely the war on climate change. He could care less about innocent Ukrainian civilians perishing because he's all in when it comes to appeasing the climate change Cassandras of the world, the David Suzuki's and the Al Gore's and that poor pathetic teenage girl in Sweden. How dare you? So it is that visiting a Ukrainian church in Toronto or hobnobbing with leaders in Europe has nothing to do with Trudeau doing anything of value. He just wants to seem like he's doing something sincere when it comes to ending the bloodshed in Ukraine. And the hope for quid pro quo is gratification from Ukrainian Canadians via the ballot box. Well, I'm so sorry, Mr. Prime Minister. I happen to know a lot of people of Ukrainian descent. They're not so easily duped. And they sure aren't buying what you're selling. Which is to say, so many of them originally emigrated to Canada to flee tyranny. And they can spot a tyrant in the making from a kilometer away. Well, folks, uh, to paraphrase Anita Bryant, a show without Ezra is like a day without sunshine. Oh, and I am going to deny you no longer. Here is the big boss man himself, Mr. Levent, to give us an update on a very important lawsuit. How you doing, Ezra? Great, David. Thanks so much for uh, filling in today with the show. Um, I had to excuse myself because I had a legal proceeding. Mm. And I did it from the office here via Zoom, as so many legal proceedings are done these days. Um, and, and that's why I wasn't available. So thanks for filling in. I just want to tell our viewers what, what I was doing because I believe it's important, uh, not just legally, but I think that there's a moral purpose to it. Um, we filed a lawsuit, me and Sheila Gunreed, 
against two liberal cabinet ministers a couple years ago. One is Stephen Gilbo. He used to be the heritage minister in charge of censorship. Now he's the environment minister, a bit of a radical. As you know, he was, in fact, convicted of a crime yes. for sort of his eco-criminality. Uh, Catherine McKenna used to be the environment minister. She's actually retired from politics, so we've dropped the lawsuit against her. But I'm proceeding against Stephen Gilbo, and here's what we're suing over. As you know, politicians have a can have a private social media account, Facebook page, Twitter page, whatever, and that's their own business. But members of the government also have a government public social media account. Um, for example, um, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, he has the social media account POTUS, P-O-T-U-S, president of the United States. And when he's done being president, the next president will have that same Twitter handle. So it's a public Twitter handle. Mm. Stephen Gilbo, and before him, Catherine McKenna, has blocked me, and I think Rebel News, I have to check, from following his public government account on Twitter. Mm. Just like Catherine McKenna did the same to Sheila Gunn-Reed. And here's why that's important. I'm not interested in Stephen Gilbo's personal life. I'm not interested in his private thoughts on things. I don't care. But when he has a Twitter account run by public servants using taxpayers' money as a way to communicate with the public about the issues of the day, and I'm a taxpayer, and I'm a citizen, and I'm a voter, and I am personally blocked from hearing what the Ministry of the Environment has to say. And before that, when he was the Minister of Censorship, that's <laughs> a kind of cancel culture. It's a kind of deplatforming. And what else, what other services can they withhold from me because they don't like my politics? So he's using a government account, but banning people he doesn't like from getting press releases in the public interest, announcements in the public interest, or being able to engage in a debate with thousands of other people about, in this case, environmental issues. So we are suing Stephen Gilbo, not, not over anything personal, but the fact that he has decided to cut off, cancel, and deplatform people that he personally doesn't like from getting government services. And I'm sorry, that's the wrong way to go. That, that's cronyism that's running the country as if it's your personal fiefdom. And that's where I was today instead of doing the show. And, and Ezra, obviously, Gibo and the rest of the Trudeau liberals, they don't like us. In fact, I think their hatred for us is visceral. Mm -hmm. But has uh, Mr. Gibo ever given an official reason why he has cut you off? You know, he has filed what's called a... Uh, a so, so we filed a lawsuit. It's not called a uh, statement of claim. I forget the legal term. Um, but you can see it for yourself. So he has written a reply, and he's basically saying, you know, suck it up, buttercup. Like he's <laughs> digging it like you would think that he would just say, all right, fine, I'll unblock you. Yeah. And if he doesn't want to hear from me, there's something on Twitter called mute. I don't know if you know what that is. So you mm -hmm. can block someone. That means they can never see what you have to say, never engage with you. Or you can use what's called mute, and it's just what it sounds like. I could still read what he has to say, but he would never see or hear from me. It would be like on a TV remote control mute button. He would just be. <laughs> so if he didn't like my criticism of him, and that's fine. I'm pretty critical. 
He could just mute me and he'll never even hear it for the rest of his life. But he has chosen to block me, to deny me access to his government service. So if you want to see his defense, go to twitterlawsuit.ca. And here's what's so crazy about that. I didn't, uh, I don't have my notes with me, but there were, I think, five lawyers on the government side today. Five lawyers. Maybe there was four. It was at least four. And I don't know how much this Zoom hearing cost the government today because <laughs> if it was his personal lawsuit, why isn't he paying for his lawyers personally? It's obviously not. It's a government account, government lawyers, and that shows how much contempt Gilbo has for taxpayers. Yeah. Instead of just unblocking me or muting me, he's spending hundreds of thousands of dollars saying, no, I have the right to blacklist any citizen I don't like. And I'm not saying that the services he's giving through his Twitter account are akin to like a hospital service or a you know, school. But if he can block me from one government service, why can't he block me from others? And we've seen this in the Trudeau government. They're attestation. You had to sign that you agreed with Trudeau on yes. social policy or you wouldn't get a summer jobs grant for your company. So this is an important battle and it's an important legal battle. And I want to set the precedent that politicians cannot blacklist you from government services because they don't like you. No, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, Ezra, that, I mean, I didn't see the court proceedings of today, but I would say that if Gibo is saying words along the lines of suck it up, buttercup, if he's showing a complete lack of contrition, um, this is a gift to you. I think if I'm a judge, I'm looking at this as I almost like bargaining in bad faith. Yeah. You know, it it just shows the stubbornness. Yeah. and And these folks, you know... It was quite something for Stephen Gilbo, literally a criminal convict yes. <laughs> in cabinet last month saying, oh, these truckers, their protest, you know, is uh, improper. You are a convicted criminal for your eco-terrorism yeah. and you're telling peaceful truckers that they're unacceptable. And my point for mentioning that is the left, they don't care if they're hypocrites. Yeah. I mean, I think I think some other people would feel shy. I mean, if you're a, literally a convicted criminal, you probably would feel shy about calling a peaceful trucker names just because he's honking his horn. But the left, um, they're not bothered by conscience. So Gilbo will literally do anything and say anything to attack his enemies. Um, so, of course, he's not going to be reasonable. Of course, he's not going to say, all right, fine, I'll let you. He's going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars because he wants to set the opposite precedent. Yeah. He wants to set the precedent that he can ban, silence, crush anyone. And the fact that he actually himself is of odious moral character, he doesn't, that doesn't bother him. Wow. He's loving it. He's going to get as much as he can. And Catherine McKenna was the same way. Yeah. The only reason we dropped the lawsuit against her is because the lawsuit was dragging on so long, she left politics. Yeah, I mean, these cats can't even wait for Bill C-11 to get passed, can they, Ezra? One last question. Is there any kind of legal precedent, Ezra, of an elected official anywhere in the world who decided that I'm going to block this person, I'm going to block this constituent, I'm going to block this reporter, and a judge overturned that blockage? It's a great question. I think that Jim Watson, the mayor of Ottawa, mm. did, but after a lawsuit, he settled 
By which I think he just said, all right, this is crazy. I'm just going to unblock the guy. Okay. I'd have to double check that. I mean, I, I don't have that fresh in my memory. But you have to be a wasteful uh, dictator to say, not only am I going to hold the line and block, I'm so petty, but I'm going to spend hundreds of thousands of taxpayers. So, like, it takes the, that that special sociopath I described earlier. Like, I've, Mayor Jim Watson, whatever you think of him, he wasn't going to torch a quarter million bucks just because he didn't like some guy on Twitter. Yeah. Stephen Gilbo has no such compunction. Unbelievable. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, the war on, I guess, free speech, freedom of expression, it just continues. I only know of one person that's blocked me on Twitter. It's sneaky mayor Patrick Brown of Brampton. Golly, I wonder why. <laughs> Keep it here. More of the Ezra Levent Show to come right after this. Hey, welcome back, folks. Now, let's get to some of your letters. Jingreet writes, the media isn't struggling to mention it. They're refusing to mention adverse effects, period. They've been paid to keep quiet about it. That includes the usual subjects, along with Fox and Newsmax. Well, to be fair, Jingreet, I wouldn't be so quick to lump Fox and Newsmax into the category of usual suspects. But yes, when it comes to the mainstream media in Canada, those are the usual suspects in that they're all on the take. But I'm sorry, that's what it is. When the CBC is getting over a billion dollars annually, when the newspapers are getting more than $600, uh, $600 million, that is, well, how can they indeed objectively cover anything? Jamie Digdug writes, in order for a tyrant to find out the extent of their control, they must push the people until they revolt. We stood up, they folded. Just imagine if we did this over the two weeks to flatten the curve. We could have saved ourselves two years of this. Well, you know, uh, that is a good point. And we had a blip of hope. I go back to November 2020, Adam Skelly of Adamson Barbecue, that got worldwide attention for standing up and opening his fantastic restaurant out in Etobicoke. That was the moment for all Toronto restaurants, all Toronto businesses to take a stand and like Adam Skelly, defy the law via civil disobedience. They didn't. They were too intimidated. I can't say I blame them when the mayor sends in the mounted unit. That is quite daunting. But from that moment onward, we were all bending the knee. Can hardly wait for this two weeks to flatten the curve nonsense to end in the weeks ahead. G. Williamson, 61, writes... Typical of big pharma using humans as guinea pigs, people should not forget that Bayer was the one major pharmaceutical company that experimented on inmates of concentration camps during World War II. If you tour Auschwitz, you can see the Bayer bottles in the medical center. Well, you know what, folks, uh, as I've said before on previous shows, I don't have a problem uh, with vaccines, but I do have a problem with vaccines that have been rushed to market, such as the experimental vaccines that are meant to treat COVID. 
I say this as a child of 1962 when thalidomide was on the market, something approved in Canada for pregnant women suffering morning sickness, but not approved in the United States. And for good reason, as we found out to our horror, thalidomide was responsible for so many deaths and deformities of children of that era. My mother, I'll tell you, did get a prescription for thalidomide for whatever reason, a hunch, woman's intuition. She never broke that seal. She never took one single tablet. Thank God for that. Well, folks, I'm now going to leave you with our video of the day. It features our ace cameraman, Lincoln J. Here he is speaking with Dr. Roger Hodkinson and Dr. Paul E. Alexander, both of whom were standing firm with the Freedom Convoy. Dr. Paul Alexander, uh, background training in clinical epidemiology, evidence-based medicine research methods. Um, I just have a short uh, piece tonight uh, just to reiterate the support that uh, we're asking Canadians to dig deep and provide support to the givesendghosts.com site forward slash freedom convoy 2022. And we are here in Ottawa and we're on the ground. Uh, we're supporting the truckers. We are the uh, research scientists, the medical doctors supporting the, the truckers because they have their scientific table with them, which is us. There are some additional persons. We want Canadians to understand that the pandemic is basically over. It has been over maybe a year now, and it is time that we declare this pandemic emergency finished and done. And it is time we moved on and begin opening up our lives. And one of the key issues then is to drop these mandates, mandates across the board, mass mandates, any sorts of mandates, particularly the vaccine mandates, because the vaccine mandates are constraining society and causing a lot of hardships for both persons within Canada, in example, the truckers, as well as truckers coming into Canada, which from the United States and they bring their goods here, they are unable to enter if unvaccinated. And I wouldn't take too much because we are talking this every day, but I'll say it this way. The science is absolutely bulletproof that at this time, the vaccines have failed. They are non-sterilizing, and that means that they do not prevent transmission. And there's no difference, therefore, between a vaccinated and an unvaccinated person. And therefore, why would you prevent an unvaccinated trucker from entering the country and earning a living when they had no increased risk, additional risk, than a vaccinated person in terms of transmission? So it's illogical, it has no scientific basis, and it must end. Over to you, Dr. Hopkins. Thank you, Dr. Alexander. Um, my name is Dr. Roger Hodgkinson. I'm a pathologist, graduate of Cambridge University. I've done lots of things in medicine, of which I'm very proud, but I'm uh, also the chairman of an American biotechnology company heavily involved in DNA sequencing. I'm here because I am passionate about freedom. What we're seeing going on in Ottawa now is probably the greatest demonstration that this country has ever seen short of the return of troops from the Second World War. This is massive, make no mistake about it. This is a turning point in Canadian history and we are leading the world. The truckers are leading the world. We failed, medicine failed to move the needle and it took truckers 
to do it for us. So we're here giving them all the support we can, giving everyone that knows from just common sense that nothing is working. We're here to give you comfort that you're right, you are correct, and you don't have to be a medical specialist to know that. Everything that's been done has failed. Everything has failed. Nothing has worked. Nothing has worked. Nothing will work. Simply because the science is not there. And we knew that for decades. The vaccines were not needed. The vaccines are experimental. The vaccines have not been tested. And the vaccines simply do not work. Not only that, but they are creating enormous hardship, death and disease across the entire world that was totally unnecessary. If the, if the unvaccinated and the vaccinated are the same, the vaccine isn't doing what, let's say, the federal government is saying, why is the federal government still pushing vaccination so hard? What is the ultimate reason for that? You need to look no further than Occam's razor the concept of medieval philosophy, in which the most obvious and simplest solution is probably the one that's causing whatever is going on. Look no further than political stupidity. Politicians are not smart enough to do anything original. They follow the crowd. That's what's happening, copying everyone else because there's safety in doing that. They know that nothing works, but they're dressing themselves in the flag pretending that they're everyone's saviour when it simply cannot be. But they're obligated in their minds to protect the general public from everything from cradle to grave. And you don't have to worry about anything except your Netflix, your water bottle and your iPhone. We'll look after everything else. Well, I'm sorry, the gig's up. You're not going to look after everything anymore. We're now in control and we're going to look after ourselves. And this is the first demonstration project for that incredible idea. Thank you.